today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If there was ever a time that we needed to trust the Lord like never before, that time is now. It's going to require, let me take it a step further, it's going to require us trusting God in ways that maybe we've never known before. If that sends a chill up and down your spine, I, that might be a good thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're living in unprecedented times as the Lord's return draws ever closer. In today's message, Pastor J.D. shares that your trust in the Lord needs to grow. God is calling you into a fuller, more intimate relationship with God. He's faithful and he's in this with you. You can keep going because you trust him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Five, the number of grace changes everything. It's the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, five, that God inserted into the name of Abram and Sarah. And he changed their name, and he changed their nature, and he put that fifth letter in the fifth place of their name. Ibrahim, Sarah. Five, grace. Oh, can I just do one more? <laughs> what are you going to say, no? The fifth commandment, the only commandment, with grace. All the other ones are, thou shalt not, or you're going to die. You get to the fifth commandment. My mother and father made me memorize it. Honor thy, in King James, honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee may be long. Wait a minute. That's grace. Yeah, that's the fifth commandment. Five's a number of grace. Grace changes everything. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace. They were saved, Israel, by grace. It was the grace of God. But he remembered. And I want to suggest to you, if you're here today and you're struggling and, and going through a really difficult time, and, and please, I don't mean to make light of that. I know it's hard, but God, I think it is a very good thing to just take some time and remember all of the times that God has delivered you in the past. When He's delivered that bear of a trial, that lion of a difficulty into your hands, and He did it as only He can. And, you, and He did it in such a way so that even if you wanted to, you couldn't take the credit for it. He did it in such a fashion that it was only Him, and you know it. There was no way. There was no way. And then God did it, and you're like, oh, that was the only way. I know, just, just told you. Here's the second one. Enduring. What Paul says here in verse 10 is very interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that he reveals why it is that he's able to endure. I hate to use 
words that the world hijacked from us. I know that Arabs shouldn't use the word hijack, but uh, you know, the secret to his success. I hate it when the world does that. They take, you know, something from us and they mar it and they profane it and make it common. You know, the secret to success. Come on, give it back. So I'm taking it back just for now. What was the secret to Paul's success? What was Paul's secret? How could he endure all that he endured? Oh, by the way, you want to know what he endured? First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 2 while you're at it. Actually, all the epistles if you want. Book of Acts 2, by the way, throw that in there. Shipwrecked how many times? Beaten how many times? Stone. Not not talking about, well, man, I'm stoned. I'm talking about that. This is a different stone. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit too much. I'm talking about literally throwing these rocks until you're dead. And they left him for dead outside of Lystra. I mean, you could just add that to his resume of suffering. What, what was his secret? How in the world was he able to endure all that? Oh, he tells us right here. And you would think that he would say something like, the reason I'm able to endure is for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how. But he doesn't say that. Did you notice that? You notice what he does say? He says, here's the secret to how I'm able to endure is for the sake of God's people. That's not to say that he's not enduring for the sake of the gospel. Oh, he surely is. That's not to say that he's not enduring for the sake of Jesus Christ. He surely is. But he takes it further. It's not just the gospel. It's not just Jesus. It's that others would hear the gospel and come to Jesus. And that alone is the fuel in my tank of endurance. That's what keeps me going. Wow, that's love. I don't know how you see the Apostle Paul, certainly unflinching in his fearlessness, probably intimidating in his presence, I would imagine. When Paul walked into a room, you stood to attention. Oh, that's the Apostle Paul. Did you, you know who that is? That's Paul. Yes! Right? When Paul spoke, you listened. He had earned that. There was a a power, an anointing, an authority. Is that how you see him? That's how he was. But do you see him like this? Do you see him with a soft heart? With a loving heart? I don't, I hope this doesn't mess you up. But Paul cried a lot. Acts 20, three years, day and night. He wept bitterly because he knew that after he left, there would be wolves in sheep's clothing that would not spare the flock. And he knew they would rise up from amongst them. And that was too much for him, and he wept. I like to say it like this, he cried like a man. (laughs) That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. So whenever I, that's love. That's love. You you don't care. I mean, what are you going to, think about it like this. Let's bring it into the home. How much will you endure 
for your family because of your love for your family. I mean, you know, we do things for our kids we would never do for anybody else. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to do that for your kids. Forget it. My kids, no problem. Done. My wife, no problem. Yours, not a chance. What I will endure for someone I love. The lengths that I will go. And it's a joy. Don't imagine that Paul was ever enduring grudgingly. That's not to say that he's like, hey, bring it on. No, this is hard, but it's worth it. Here's the thing about the Christian life. It is not easy, but it is worth it. It is not easy, but it is worth it. I want to spend the remainder of our time on this last one, and I wanted to leave enough time on this one because it's trusting. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul writes here. He starts off in verse 11 by saying, here is a trustworthy saying. In other words, you can take this to the bank. Actually, I wouldn't recommend that right now in this. uh, Don't take anything to the bank right now. (laughs) But in other words, trust me on this, Timothy. Trust me on this. It's actually believed that Paul was quoting from an early church hymn here in verses 11 through 13. And it was a hymn that was very well known to the Christians in that day. Now you have to understand again (laughs) the context and, and the cultural dynamics and what it was like for a Christian in that day. Your fate as a Christian was martyrdom, and you knew it. And that kind of changes the color of of everything here in these verses. This now kind of makes sense when you understand it in that way. They knew they would be martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. When one understands their fate was martyrdom, then these words have a powerful impact on the hearts and minds of God's people. You know, I was thinking this last week, let me say it like this, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, man, what's coming? What's really already here for the most part? Man. If there was ever a time that we needed to trust the Lord like never before, that time is now. It's going to require, let me take it a step further, it's going to require us trusting God in ways that maybe we've never known before. If that sends a chill up and down your spine, I... That might be a good thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I want to go through this, and as I do, I want you to view this through that lens, that aforementioned lens of martyrdom. Otherwise, this is just going to seem like words on the page of your Bible. It's not going to, it's not going to have the much-needed impact. 
he says, this is a trustworthy saying, you can trust this. If we died with Christ, I'm going to die? Yeah. Have a nice afternoon. (laughs) If we die with Christ, we will also live with Christ. You can trust that. It's a trustworthy saying. Trust the Lord. And if we endure, we will also reign with Him. You can trust that. It's a trustworthy saying. However, there's also this chilling warning, and rightfully so, given the situation in the early church at that time. In the face of unspeakable persecution and even martyrdom, there were those who would deny the Lord. And here comes this chilling warning that if we reject Him and disown Him or deny Him, He will also reject, disown, and deny us. You know, we love to quote that the Lord will never leave us or forsake us, but there's also that verse that we should probably also quote that if we forsake Him, He'll forsake us. See, God's never going to force Himself on us. Now, in order to understand why it is that Paul would write this about denying or disowning, is because of what he says in verse 13. He says, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. And here's why. For He cannot disown Himself. Now stay with me on this. If I disown Him or deny Him, He cannot deny Himself. It's impossible. If I'm faithless, that doesn't make Him faithless. If I'm unfaithful, He remains faithful. There is no effect on who He is. He, it's not that He won't, He can't. It's not that He won't deny Himself, He can't deny Himself because of who He is. He remains faithful no matter what. He remains faithful. And I'll tell you, if we were alive in that day, I need to hear this. You know, we we always say to ourselves, think to ourselves, maybe we voice it or vocalize it. Man, if I was ever put in that position, like the early Christians in the early church, I think about Polycarp. Church historians tell us about him. He was a pastor. I want to say he was in Smyrna. That's the one of the letters to the, it's in modern day Turkey. Uh, it's the modern day city of Izmir. It was called Smyrna back then. He was the pastor of a church there in Smyrna. And he was put on this stake and was going to be burned alive, but they gave him a chance to deny and renounce Jesus Christ. He's like 85 years old, according to what church historians write. So there he is, picture this, he's tied up, they've got everything ready for the fire to burn him alive. And they say, you got one more chance, pastor. What are you going to do? We're going to burn you alive unless you renounce Jesus. You know what Polycarp's answer was? He's been faithful to me for, been faithful to me for 85 years. I'm not going to renounce him. Let the fire burn, but 
by the way, the fire that's going to burn me is nothing compared to the fire that you're going to burn in in hell. Oh, that'll preach, huh? Oh, pastor. Now, again, I'll use myself as an example because I don't want to, you know, I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. He does a much better job than I do anyway. So now I have to, have to ask myself that, this question, what if that was me? What are you going to do, pastor? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to die. Yeah, but if you die with Christ, you're going to live with Christ. Yeah, but this is really hard. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to endure. No, 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 no. If you endure, you'll also reign with Him. Oh. I mean, you just go down the list, but don't deny Him. Burn, baby, burn. (laughs) Oh Lord, make it quick. And church historians say that as he was being burned alive, he was just praising God. Praising God. Not screaming. I'd be screaming like a baby. (laughs) Crying like a man, but screaming like a baby. (laughs) But no, he was praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. Here's where I'm going with this. If you were to ask me what I thought, was one of the main reasons that we doubt and question the faithfulness of God. It would have to be that we fear man more. Let me say the same thing in a different way. We're more afraid of what man can do than we are of what God can do. Matthew 10, 28. I was, this last week, this verse kept coming to mind, and just this morning, preparing to come and teach, I decided to include it, Matthew 10, 28. Listen to what Jesus says. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The Proverbs say that the fear of man is a snare, a trap. Hebrews 13, verse 6, the writer of Hebrews says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. I'm going to trust the Lord. Do whatever you want. He remains faithful. I'm not going to fear you. I fear the one who is faithful. I'm trusting in Him. I'm looking to Him. I want to close with a quote from Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers is one of those guys like A.W. Tozer. You know, I kind of have this love-hate relationship, not with them, with their writings. You know, you read Tozer, you read Chambers, you don't walk away going, ah, praise the Lord. You walk away going, am I still saved? <laughs> oh, it's so convicting. It's like, no, oh, ah. Well, this is one of those. So I just want to leave it with you. Because misery loves company, and (laughs) so does conviction, right? (laughs) And because I love you, I love you.
The wounds of a friend are faithful. This reminded me of an A.W. Tozer quote. He said, I doubt that God can use a man greatly until he wounds that man deeply. I don't want to hear that. I mean, I want God to use me greatly. Can't. Ask Jacob about that, by the way. Jacob's like, hey, bless me, Lord. And he's wrestling all night long with the Lord. I'm not letting you leave till you bless me. And here's the Lord going, okay, I I want to bless you. I want to use you greatly, but I got to wound you deeply because the blessing never precedes the breaking. So listen to what Chambers says. I think it sums it all up. When you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. (laughs) Right? The fear of the Lord. I think about those times in the Old Testament with the Israelites of that day, they would say that there was no fear of the Lord in their eyes. And every man did that which was pleasing and right in his own eyes. No fear of the Lord. And by the way, when you talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not, surely it's a reverent awe, a holy fear. But see it like this. This kind of helped me tremendously. Maybe it'll be a help to you as well. It's like this. You fear the Lord so much, you fear doing anything that would grieve Him, displease Him. You fear anything that would break the heart of God. That's to hate evil. You hate the things God hates. You know of David, who, you know, we're told had a heart after God's own heart. You know what that means, right? You know how, like with our children, oh, he takes after you. I know that's the problem. Pray for him. Poor thing. Poor kid. (laughs) She takes after the mom. You know, there's a resemblance. In other words, David had a heart that took after his father, a heart for God, a heart like God and a heart that would become grieved with the things that grieve the heart of God. And you love God so much that you fear doing anything that would grieve Him or displease Him. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 2 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer His calling. He's faithful to use you and your giftings to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible, you may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? 
If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be a part of a church. If you're ever in the Kaneohe area, we would love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.